Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter 11 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Hermione's Helping Hand. Word to the alliteration. Love it. Um, we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. And I apologize in advance for my dog Luna's thoughts and feelings because she's taken up barking as people cross by the door and people are coming home from work. So that might happen. I'm sorry. Um, love our blog. Love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. We now have Wizard Team merch. Head over to our website and step up your nerd fashion and stationery game. Um, and if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes. And subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deb with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlscreate.org. And now for Wizard Team News. Ooh, can I do it? Sure, I don't care. <laughs> Wizard <laughs> Team will be at LeakyCon 2018. Ooh, that kind of rhymes. Wizard Team 2018. LeakyCon Dallas, Texas. That is right. If you're going to be there, come check us out in Dallas talking Potter things with our Potter friends, August 10th through the 12th, follow LeakyCon on Twitter and Leaky and go to LeakyCon.com for info on special guests and more. We are actually a special guest. I believe our live wizard team, we're going to be talking about heartbreaks and headcanons, so start dreaming and thinking about those because we're going to ask you about them. Is that right, Ben, or did I? Is that yeah, unless we want to change it, but I feel like that is a fine uh I was going to call it 808s and headcanons, but then Kanye West is trash. Yeah, also, Diana didn't think it was as clever a title as I thought it was, but also, when I thought that up, Kanye no, West No, you never brought quiet. it to I did, 808s and... No, you literally no. just said, you said uh, headcanons and heartbreaks or whatever, and I was like, you really want to go into heartbreaks live? Oh, Great. yeah. Good for you. That's... I did it Not to myself. Issues, but I'm, you know, I'm here for it. I will be there. Bring um, lots of chocolate. If, if also, you, Connie's uh, gonna be there, we'll so be maybe there. we don't want it to be. We might change it. It might just be head cannons and sh have you met Connie sit on the bench. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure I think it out. I that think doesn't have the same ring to it. Have a meeting about it, not on Wizard Team. But basically, we will be there. Yes. And we'll be on lots of panels, but we'll also have a live wizard team. Um, and it'll be awesome. And it'll be and we're gonna a thousand be taking, billion degrees. Yes. And we're going to be taking, it's going to be interactive. Like, so just think about what you would ask wizard team if you could be in the room to ask wizard team. Because if you're going to LeakyCon, you can be in the room to ask wizard team. We were going to probably have a theme, but we will definitely be taking questions and comments. Yes. Kind of like how we do with our Slack. Um, who is currently talking about Blue Ivy and whether or not she would like Harry Potter. Yeah, we, we have... Um, oh, I was going to move on. Was there something else you wanted? I was just going to say, I was I was going to update it from tell Baron Trump to sponsor us to get Blue Ivy to sponsor us, um, which is why they're talking about Blue Ivy's house. Yes, that's much better because she can spend $19,000 on art 
Mm-hmm. She ain't never seen a ceiling in her whole life, so we could be, we could be in like we could be upper, lower middle class, and and that's just from her allowance money. That's probably just her lunch money. Really, she's not even tapping into the allowance. Um, okay, so speaking of money, we have um, a new Patronus and a couple cheering charms. So shout out to Kira and Mac for your cheering charms. We appreciate it. Um, and shout you. out to Shannon for becoming a Patronus. We Y'all appreciate awesome. you. Everyone is awesome. You're cheering our Dementors. You're just, you're making everything better and it's great. Um, we might be able to go out to eat at, in, in Dallas. We might be able to, you know, like... <laughs> Like room service, maybe you don't know us. Well, you do know us because you're the ones giving us cheering charms. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, magical birthdays. This sorry, I don't have my calendar oh. up, and I forgot to say the actual day. This uh, Thursday, so tomorrow is Dobby's birthday. Also, um, I wasn't on last week's episode because I was exhausted, um, and I didn't realize uh, Sunday. The 24th was my mother's birthday. Shout out, Mama. Mm-hmm. Mama. Um, and it was also Solange Knoll's birthday. She's my Patronus. Um, so, yeah, those are magical birthdays that happened too. Yes. Um, shout out to our cousin whose birthday was on Monday as well. Oh, right. We have a lot of cancers in our family. Yeah, because it's about to be Robin's birthday and Ami's birthday and Brandon's mm-hmm. birthday. We out here. Yikes. Well, we have a lot of cancers and we have a lot of Virgos. Cancer season. It's our time. I don't really know Crying what cancers do. About not being included in things. Is that what cancers do? That's what you do. And Ami, not to. Two. Two out of however many I know. I know a good number of cancers, actually. I don't think that's right. Moving on. Really? Would you like some receipts or no? You want to just move on? I'm saying I don't think that's a cancer thing. And I think Aminata has provenly been a bad influence on me. Oh, um, oh really? But I'm trying to grow and not, you know, let peer pressure get to me in terms of being overly emotional. Mm-hmm. Even though she tested me. You came and got her on Saturday. You know she be testing me. She be testing me. It was fine when she came away. I know. Previously on Wizard Team, um, Harry had his first lesson with Dumbledore, which basically comprised of him of them um, jumping into the Pensieve for the first time with permission that Harry has ever done so. Um, they learn about the Gaunt, who are um, ancestors of Voldemort. Or, I mean, I guess they're closer than ancestors. They're like grandparent mother and uh uncle of Voldemort um we kind of learn about their little situation about how um Morphin the uncle was uh he attacked Voldemort's dad Tom Riddle um because Marope was making eyes at him and then the ministry came in and was like you can't attack muggles just because they're muggles and then they were like says who that's the law yeah it's been the law since the statute of secrecy and they were like I don't, I don't think right. so. That will sound right. Fake news is what um, Marvolo shouted out in Parcel Tongue. Fake news. Mm-hmm. Basically. And then 
Um, Marvolo and Morphin ended up in Azkaban. Marope uh, drugged Tom Riddle and ran off with him and then got pregnant. And then Tom Riddle was like, I need to leave because I don't this know is you. not consensual. Um, and that's kind of where we left off. I feel like... Oh, and Harry is doing well in potions and Hermione's salty about it. Yeah, all the things. Yeah. Okay. So um, I want to. I want to. One more previously is that we find out that Dumbledore's private lessons aren't so much lessons as let's go be reckless Gryffindors together and do reckless Gryffindor things. I mean, Harry did learn. He learned about Voldemort's background, but it wasn't private lessons the way that like occlumency was or learning the Patronus charm was. Well, yeah, well I mean, I think was, I don't know what that. It's a, they are lessons because you're learning about Voldemort. So it's like lessons that are honestly, Practical. yeah, I was going to say like, at least for Harry's like immediate life. Um, it's like for his, yeah, for his immediate life, it, it makes sense that it would, um, it helps more than I guess like the rest of his. I guess the physics of dark arts helps. Right. I'm just saying though they're not the traditional they're not the traditional lessons that you would think of. No. They're they're doing detective work and he's like the apprentice. Ooh. Is Hit Wizards ever gonna be a thing? Cause I just came up with our pilot episode in my head. I don't know. I mean probably we'll see. We talked to Warner Brothers about that. Okay, chapter eleven, Hermione's helping hand. So the six years free periods were not hours of blissful reaction as Ron had anticipated, but times in which to attempt to keep up with the vast amount of homework they were being set. They were studying as though they had exams every day and lessons had become more demanding than ever before. Harry barely understood half of what McGonagall was saying and Hermione had had to ask her to repeat instructions once or twice. Harry's best subject had become potions thanks to the Half-Blood Prince. Um, and non-verbal spells were not expected were now expected not only in defense against the dark arts but in charms and transfiguration too. So I have a question about that because I'm wondering if they're being taught non-verbal spells in all of these classes and include you know what I mean? Like are they being taught yeah. or are they just like you should have learned this in defense against the dark arts? So now we have to use them. And then how does that make sense if as Snape said like two chapters ago, not all wizards can do it? And that's like universally accepted that they can't all do it. Yeah, I feel like it's something that maybe they were like learning about on the side, you know, like this is something that like, you know, when you do, when you're in a, like a lecture or a class or something and they, and your teacher will mention something and go, but that's something that you'll have to, you'll, di- you'll dive in more later on in your, like, you know, in the future. Does that ever happen? Did that you know what Wait, I'm saying? Wait, say it again. So you're in a lesson, uh huh, and your teacher mentions something and goes, but you don't have to worry about that until later, right? I feel like well, I don't. That's not how Snape said it. And granted, Snape is um, not a great teacher, unless he's not teaching and he's just writing in a book. moment to insult Harry. But it seems like the thing, kind of like occlumency, where it's like, well, also because it employs and it like it requires the same kind of like. Um, fundamentals Mm -hmm. like not everyone is going to be able to do it so i understand teaching it in the class right and being like so this is a thing we have to learn and if you're not able to do it then like you're not able to do it but 
having it be required means yeah, it seems like seems it's something that most people could do. could do. Exactly. That's basically what I'm saying. It doesn't seem to like add I'm thinking that. it's more of like a um are you smarter than a fifth grader thing where it's like, am I smarter than a fifth grader? Yes. Do I remember like fifth grade social studies, which is actually what that show is? No. So I think maybe it's one of those things where you learn it in school and everyone in sixth year at Hogwarts can do nonverbal spells, but it's so not necessary that as you get older, it's one of those things that like people just stop practicing. Maybe, but I don't know. I feel like if I didn't have to say the spell all the time, like yeah, it just you would... seems like nonverbal seems more convenient than verbal to me. Like that's if you, true. If, you, if everyone can do it, I'd rather just like tap something and it moves or whatever. But that's because you don't to like, like to talk. Not really. I don't know. I don't. Not all think that's why. Because talking, that's like having conversations, not like saying words. I know. So yeah, I don't know. It just yeah, it just seems it's fine, and it's less of like it's more just like wondering Wonder. how the world works and like yeah yeah um, because it does say in a in earlier chapter not in this book in earlier books that no earlier chapter earlier chapters that nonverbal yeah. spells are not like universally common yeah Snape says um sorry yeah he says not all wizards can do this it is a question of concentration and mind power which some lack yeah so yeah I don't know. Um, okay, so um, it was a relief to get outside into the greenhouses. They were dealing with more dangerous plants than ever, than ever in herbology, but at least they were still allowed to swear loudly if the venomous tentacula sees them unexpectedly from behind. So, you know, the, the little things. Harry, Ron, and Hermione had been so far unable to find time to go and visit Hagrid. He had stopped coming to meals at the staff table. Um, and when they said hi to him in the corridors, he mysteriously failed to notice them or hear their greetings. He is an adult. And they are not, they didn't say, Hagrid, we don't like you. They just said, we no longer want to continue in this vein of education because it doesn't seem like it's practical. We should not be worried about our education and taking, like, making decisions for our lives based on your feelings. That'll make no sense. There's no practical application for me to take advanced care of magical creatures since I want to be an Auror. Even though I feel like you probably should take advanced care of magical creatures because you might run up against a... Nah, that's for the Department of uh, Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, anyway. Just call one of them. Call one know. of them. They can operate over. Yeah. I just think that we should all remember that Hagrid is technically older than McGonagall. Mm-hmm. Literally older. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Things to remember. Um, uh, we've got to go and explain, said Hermione. We've got Quidditch trials in the morning, said Ron, and we're supposed to practice that augmenty charm from Flitwick. Explain what, anyway? How are we going to tell him we hated his stupid subject? We didn't hate it, said Hermione. Speak to yourself. I, or speak for yourself. I haven't forgotten about the Scroots, said Ron, which, you know, is valid. Valid AF. The Scroots were a problem. Also, like, we hated his subject, not we hated him. 
Right. That's two different things. Wouldn't have they, and like also, if he was paying attention, he'd know that they didn't really care about his subject. They just cared about him. And that's why they say it. And we're oil. And, and like, he should feel great about that. Right. Instead, he's always feeling they don't want to talk. They don't want to be my friend. Like, dude, you're 75 years old. Um, and I'm telling you now, said Ron, uh, we've had a narrow escape. You didn't hear him going on about his gormless brother. We'd have been teaching Grop how to tie his shoelaces if we'd stayed. I hate not talking to Hagrid, said Hermione. We'll go down after Quidditch, said Harry. He too was missing Hagrid, although like Ron, he thought that they were better off without Grop in their lives. So Harry's like kind of in the middle of the two of them, um, yeah. which is kind of what often happens. And I feel like they're both right. But also, Ron is more right to me in this moment because, no, sir, you just need to be an adult. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure Harry is the more chill. Like, he's the middle ground, and I think that's where you should be. And Um, it's like what it is. I mean, I guess kind of technically, if Ron had been there when he was like, you have to go see Grop, Ron would have also said yes, or at least not said no. Right. Um, But... In that situation where it was just Harry and Hermione, they kind of just let it happen. Right. Well, also, he didn't... Oh, I mean, yeah, when you have to go see... What, he didn't tell them they were going to meet Grop when he was like, you have to come with me. Exactly. And then and he's then, basically threatening, threatening them with... Um, uh, yeah, basically threatening them with a giant, like, hey, you should take care of my brother. Yeah. But I do think that, like... <sighs> We should keep in mind that Hagrid's love language is recklessness. I didn't know that was a love language. <laughs> I didn't either, but that is obviously, <laughs> I'm trying to think in my head, like, what is Hagrid's love language? It's recklessness. Um, go, like, talk to Aragog in the forest. Go keep Grop company. Um, if you're playing the Hogwarts mystery game, brew me some fire breathing, breathing potion, potion that you don't even know what that is and you're a second year or the but, side effects or the side effects um but they know that they need to also learn how to explain to him. You know, I don't know if this makes sense, but like when you really know your friends and again, Hagrid's 75 freaking years old. So this is also stupid. But when you really do know your friends, you know how to break news to them. Like this ain't going to change my mind, but I don't have to say it in a way that's going to hurt your feel or get you all in your feelings because I know mm-hmm. how you t- how you go take things. So. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you should just realize that, like, this is their magical education and they can do. Whatever they want with it. Right. It has nothing to do with him. Um, especially considering that he's a professor in the school as well. Um, well, so... Uh, Harry was feeling nervous about his first... The first hurdle in his captaincy. Um, I don't know why the team's so popular all of a sudden. Oh, come on, Harry, said Hermione. It's not Quidditch that's popular. It's you. You've never been more interesting. And frankly, you've never been more fanciable. 
Ron gagged on a large piece of kipper. Hermione spared him one look of disdain before turning back to Harry. And I love Hermione because, like, she's so practical. She's not saying that Harry's fanciable because she thinks he's fanciable. She's saying it because it's a fact. A fact, yeah. She's just like, it is what it is. And Ron's like, oh, no, you like Harry? And she's like, dude, if you don't swallow your your food correctly. He had a glow up. We could all see he had a glow up. Like, he is Connor from Degrassi. Like... (laughs) It is just an objective fact. You don't have to be into it. It doesn't have to be your thing. You don't have to be into it, but like you have eyes. Right. It's just what it is. And you see the way all these girls are looking at him. So one one plus two equals three. Oh. I I know it's one plus one equals two, but I'd already done the one plus two. Right. You're like, wait, that's not. That's not the phrase, but this is the correct math. Um, (laughs) One plus one equals two. This is also, I forget someone said, I think I want to say it was Proma um, at Promo What Up on Twitter who said, like, this is when she started to have a crush on Harry. And um, I think that's, I just think it's so funny because, like, this in the movie as well, like, this is when Daniel Radcliffe does his best acting and he, I think, looks the best. Um, and so I can see that, like, but also, like, he's still Harry, like, I'm, like, the Hermione Granger in this, I'm, like, but you're still Harry Potter, and you're still a fucking idiot. Yeah. And that just isn't attractive to me. <laughs> Idiocy is just not what gets me going in the morning, you know? <laughs> um, uh, Hermione's, like, now they're calling you the chosen one. Can't you see why people are fascinated by you? Um, and you've been go- through all that persecution from the ministry when they were trying to make you make out you were unstable and a liar. You can still see the marks on the back of your hand where that evil woman made you right with your own blood. And you, you stuck to your story anyway. You can still see where those brains got a hold of me at the ministry. Look, said Ron, shaking back his sleeves. Like, can you have, just, just chill. I understand. I don't. Like, you obviously like Hermione. But you have also obviously been hanging out with Hermione. I mean, this must be a Ron doesn't know Harry situation where Ron doesn't know Hermione. Because you've been hanging out with her for six years now. And you can't tell that she's treating Harry the exact same she always has. She's not getting shy and, like, going up Jenny Weasley on him. She's not, like, all up in, you know, like, when Victor stepped at her, she was like, what up? I mean, we can talk. We can build. We'll see what happens. You know, like talking. Like I don't know that, like because he's not going to say it like straight up, right? Like I think he's going to. It's one of those things. Like you can't always help when you have insecurities. You know, like sometimes yeah. that's just even if you know it's stupid. I know, and, yeah. and he, he's just loud about Boy, it. Boy, do I know. You know what I'm saying? Like really, the difference is that Ron is loud about his insecurities. Um, and, yeah, I and think, he reacts to them, like, right away. Like, he, he can't, he, like, wears them on his sleeve. Yeah. You and know? I think, you know, the thing that I, I'm thinking about, which is probably, like, because I am technically an adult now. Um, I don't feel like an adult, but technically, I guess that's what you would call me. Um, is that now I know, like, I know when my brain is lying well I don't know what I know sometimes when I'm when it is like a my brain is lying to me and it's an insecurity thing and I don't 
have it to where I can not listen to it, but I do have it where I do not, I wouldn't say it out loud. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't think that maybe I didn't have that when I was 16. I probably did not since it's, <laughs> it's not something I have constantly now, but I just feel like he would know himself well enough to know, like, this is in my art. This is not something I should be loud about. Well, he hasn't necessarily talked to anyone about it. People tiptoe around his insecurities. They kind of just let him them on his own, which is not necessarily helpful. He's only 16. Like, I guess, like, if he was 23, 24 and was, and kind of had some time yeah. <laughs> to himself and, like, to become his own person and not be surrounded by Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, and then all his siblings, like, I think he would have some time to figure that out, but he's just, like, a reactionary person. He's a Gryffindor as well, so there's that. There's but he's, that. like, a reactionary person, and so whatever he feels, that's what he reacts to immediately. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that's good or healthy, but that's just, like, what he does. Yeah. And, and in the chat, they're just saying plainly that he does not have the range. No. Which, and, and he, at some point, may acquire the range. We haven't seen it. We don't know. That happens off-screen. It probably does, because he 17 is not much better than 16. And sure. 35 or however old they are. Well, that's the not. Well, that doesn't that count. Don't I don't know what you're even talk talking about. about so that but in that fan fiction, he also has not found it yet. So well, I wouldn't know because. You were sitting right next to me. It's been deleted from my brain. If I have to deal with that trauma, I'm going to make sure. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, Sort of. And it doesn't hurt that you've grown about a foot over the summer either. I'm tall, said Ron, <laughs> which is funny Jesus. to me. Like, all of what I was saying, I'm tall, is, like, really pathetic and, like, It, it just, it, com- it like, like oh summarizes God. that entire thing that you just said in you one sweet, sentence. Sweet child. Bless your um, It reminds me a lot of when Aminata was telling me that she wasn't a kid. And I was just like, Okay. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm not a baby. I didn't say you were a baby, but you are a kid. And yeah, you kind of are a baby too. So, <laughs> but you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So then the post owls arrive. Um. Harry had received no mail since the start of term. He only reg- his only regular correspondent was now dead. And although he had hoped that Lupin might write occasionally, he had so far been disappointed. I just want to say. Pen goes both owls, ways. Yep, owls work both ways. Also, now you're thinking about Remus when you could have been writing him since the end of Prisoner of Azkaban. Instead, now you're like, oh, Sirius is gone. I guess Remus is okay. Wow. I just feel like... I don't know if he said it like that, though. I just think the disrespect of Remus Lupin is something that we don't talk about enough on this it podcast. Is. It's not? No. We don't talk about it enough on this podcast. We do not. Okay. Okay. No amount is enough. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just a separate podcast. <laughs> after we finish with her team, we will now start our, or after we finish our reread, we will start our new focus, which is the disrespect of Remus Lupin. Remus J. Lupin, a continuing discussion. Boom, announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Connie will be on every show. <laughs> by herself because by- I don't know if can handle all of that <laughs> it'll just be um, you think these episodes are long it'll just be a four hour rant 
And tears. And tears. Um, Portia in the chat says, tell it be. Amani says, justice for Remus. Um, and yeah, and Delia's talking about Neville's glow up. Oh yeah, because Portia says that Ron would has to be especially salty at Neville's glow up. But that's not book canon, is it? Does Neville glow up in the books? I mean, he glows up as in he's not like a chubby little kid anymore, but he don't do no Matt Lewis glow up. Like no one saw that coming. Matt Lewis didn't see that coming. Come on. Damn. So, oh, so Harry get and Ron both get their new copies of Advanced Potion Making. Um, but Harry decides he's keeping the old copy, the half of Prince's copy, by switching the covers. And Hermione's upset about it, but doesn't say anything because um, she gets the copy of the Daily Prophet. Anyone we know dead asks Ron in a determinedly she casual voice, which is like, God damn it, Ron. Not even that. Like, fuck Voldemort, really. Yeah, true. Because the fact that that has to be something they think about is kind of like. It, it's, and the yeah. fact that it's something that he's trying to play down, but is like obviously on his mind. Exactly. Because it's not like even while he's talking about how he's tall, he's also like, I hope my family is okay. Not dead. Yeah. Like that's still a very real um thought. Jeez. Yeah. These are children. Um, no, but there have been more dementor attacks at Hermione and a, and an arrest. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Who said Perry thinking of Belichick's? Stan Shumpike. What? Stanley Shumpike, conductor on the popular wizarding convey- conveyance, the night bus has been arrested on suspicion of Death Eater activity. Mr. Stun- Mr. Shumpike, 21, was taken into custody late last night after a raid on his Clapham home. Clapham! Um, Sorry, I know where that is. I partied there. I got drunk there once. Oh. <laughs> good, good for you. Um, a Death Eater, said Harry. No way. He might have been put under the Imperious Curse, said Ron. Um, it doesn't look like it said Hermione. It sounds like it says he was arrested uh, after he was overheard talking about Death Eater's secret plans in a pub. Um, it sounds like he was trying to make out he knew more than he did, said Ron. Isn't he the one who claimed he was going to become Minister of Magic when he was trying to chat up those Vila? I don't know. Yeah, that's him, said Ron. I don't, or sorry, said Harry. I don't know what they're playing at taking Stan seriously. Um, so before we get into like ministry bungles and stuff, I do want to talk about Stan because it's not really clear yeah. what happened to him and so like from from reading it kind of on its surface it seems like he was just talking shit in a pub got arrested and then he got broken out when Voldemort breaks out a bunch of people and then gets put under the imperious curse or but- it could be um that he was talking shit in a pub got arrested and then when he was broken out he was um radicalized or, in Afghanistan. or he also could have already thought those things in the first place and wasn't like a full like tattooed like death eater because like why would you be talking about their secret plans in the pub because then that way either you're acting as if you are like an insider in in or like not inside like a spy in which case like i feel like someone w- would be able to pick that up or you're acting as if like you know more than you're letting on and like you are in on these plans and you could only be in on those plans if you are a Death Eater. And I'm not saying that he was, again, like a straight up full on Death Eater at that point, but just yeah. like, I mean, he could, really knows he what could have been putting it on like he was um, an order member, like he knew about the plans because he was a spy and like, but I think he would be able to, but I think he would be able to. Yeah, but the context would have, 
Yeah. So that's why I'm not clear. Like, and because we don't really get anything from, we don't hear Stan speak again. Like the last time we hear him is Order of the Phoenix. So we mostly just get it from this and Harry, like, let go of Stan Shanghai. And then Harry not cursing him in the Battle of Seven Potters. But we don't talk to Stan. So we don't actually know what his thing is. Like, he could actually be a Death Eater. Yeah. And Harry doesn't know Stan. He had, like, one crazy ride on the night bus. Exactly. And then he gets it into his head. And I, like, again, because he was wrongly accused by the ministry of being crazy and all this stuff, it makes sense as to why he wouldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. But as we know, Harry is quite stubborn. So even when he sees him at the Battle of Seven Potters, he's like, he was imperious. Right. Um, And I kind of, like, as, like, reading it more and, like, as I get older for some reason, I think he was actually, even if he wasn't, like, straight up Death Eater, he was, I feel like he was a sympathizer. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and only because I think it would be interesting for Harry to be going hard for somebody and not really knowing him and really thinking that that's what it, what it was, and it's not what it was. And I think that the, I would like to think I should say I would like to think that it's purposely vague so that a lot of you can, yeah, you can read it any way and it works, um, because I think that in this kind of situation it would be really vague and you are trying to figure out the motivations of a lot of people that you don't like it's a small community but also you don't really know everyone you know like you may know their name you may have like had a conversation with them once but that doesn't mean you know like the innermost workings of their heart and their prejudices which is what this is all about right because no one is going before Voldemort comes back no one is going to feel comfortable being like, oh, hey, by the way, I think the Nazis have a point. Right. Um, and so Portia and Ariana in the chat have like similar thoughts. So Portia's saying um, that he could be like Draco um, or Charlottesville totem bearers who like to play with power without thinking about the repercussions. Um, Ariana says that Stan strikes her as a Joe Bob middle American, make the wizarding world great again type. Um, Portia says he's a Potter era um, RAB. Um, oh, wow. And then Delia says that she took him more as a perpetual name dropper or habitual liar, which is which is kind of like what I got too, because I it, like I really don't think like I think that maybe after Azkaban he did become like an actual Death Eater, but I don't think he was an actual Death Eater, at least mm-hmm. at this point, at least in this stage. But I think that like for him to make something out to like oh yeah I work for Voldemort like. At, th- at that point, you have to at least be sympathizing, even right. if you have not met him yet and aren't have not had any dealings with any Death Eaters in actuality. Like for that to even come out of your mouth is like a thing that you tell somebody means that that's something that you want to be doing. And that goes back to the like toga, not toga. What are they things? Tiki torch wielding. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like when people are like saying, you know, just because I voted for he who shall not be named doesn't mean I'm a racist. It's like, well, you voted for a racist. It's a facto racism doesn't bother you mm-hmm. enough to be a deal breaker, which means, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a gold digger, but I'm not messing with no broke niggas. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like it's that kind of thing where it's, he's one of the, like, he's like a 53% white woman where he's like, I don't, I don't agree with everything. Take him seriously, not literally, and then get swept up. But we'll never know, which is. I think the point. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, yeah, I I do think is the point. So, 
Um, um, and Amani says that he agrees, but Harry's unwillingness to accept any other possibility always rubbed him the wrong way. And the thought would end up and thought that would end up going somewhere, but it didn't. And I think it would be like, because these are technically like children's YA books, it would be nice to have that confirmation and have it spelled out, you know, mm-hmm. like have an answer that's not gray. so vague or so gray. But, but I do think that that or I would like to think that that's the point. And that's what I've taken from it as an adult rereading it is that it's good to see Harry make an assumption about someone he doesn't really know. And also that you can be like easily swept up in a wave of things, but you have those leanings, you have those thoughts and that's Mm -hmm. still problematic. Yeah. Um, so Hermione says they probably the ministry probably wants to look as though they're doing something. People are terrified. So I get that too. Like I and I understand why at this moment they would write it off as that. Um, because yeah. I'm sure the ministry is arresting plenty of other people who have no business being in Azkaban. And I'm sure and they're, you know, they're still trying to hit up Harry to be their poster child. So like Right. Definitely. They're very like it, it makes a lot of sense why they are so distrustful of the ministry and the ministry's actions given what mm-hmm. they've experienced. Mm-hmm. But that does uh, also doesn't mean that the ministry is always wrong. Right. Exactly. But then um, again, like oh. Stan should still get a trial. Ex- yes. Very Which they're it, they're not doing, it seems like. And they, I think, stopped doing it. They, I don't think they've been doing trials <laughs> for 15 years. Nope. <laughs> Honestly, I think Barty Crouch Sr. put it into that, and nobody has taken the time to bring it back. Except for things like some underage magic in front of a muggle. We gotta reconvene the whole Supreme <laughs> Court of gamut. That's the only time they bring out the whole court. Any other thing, they're like, nah, just go straight down. Yeah, we don't need all that time. We don't, we, we don't, we don't got it. Um, so the Patel's parents um, want them to go home, and Eloise Midgen has already been withdrawn. Her father picked her up last night. Um, but Hogwarts is safer than their home's bound to be, said Ron. We've got ours and all those and all those extra protective spells, and we've got Dumbledore, which is a dangerous fallback, and like that's kind of what this book is about, is how everyone relies on Dumbledore so much and like forget the fact that he's human um but also it's interesting to see like the parents right because you know we we get in like the magical soul st- school stuff on Pottermore um that a lot of wizarding like a lot of like witches magical children are homeschooled um mm-hmm. and so like Eloise Midgen I can't remember if she comes back for the next year since like we are not really there and I know the Patel twins don't end up leaving, but it's just interesting to kind of see, like, you know what? I'd rather you be, like, these parents are just like, I'd rather you be, like, near me. So we're just yeah. going to take you out. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't continue their magical studies. It just means that they're doing it at home, which is probably harder. But, like, if their parents think that that's the safest thing for them. so Yeah. And they need socialization. Obviously. But also, I think at this point, like, they're 16. <laughs> right. Um, I think too, it's important to remember that the wizarding world is very small, um, because it would be very difficult, um, to homeschool 
and have like a one parent household like working and like even the the Weasleys talk about like how difficult it is. Um, but Arthur is not in like a well paying job, so it's all it's very interesting to think about like all all of these kids being homeschooled and like what that does to the like economy of the Wizarding World, mm-hmm. right? So um, you're already in like a war wartime and then you're taking your kids out of school which i mean hogwarts is heavily subsidized but it still costs money but it's it definitely is a more affordable option than homeschooling would be because someone has to be there unless they do make small local wizarding schools right which they could do but you're still sending your kid to school for five or six hours a day, mm-hmm. maybe more. And the point is like, you don't want them to be away. Yeah. You know, you want to know where they are. Yeah. Something to think about. Like, how does that affect the, how does Voldemort coming back affect not just like anyone dying or that kind of thing, but like just the economy and like the day to day, how many people like left their jobs so that they could mm-hmm. take their home. kids out and stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've got him all the time, said Hermione. Um, his his seat has been empty as often as Hagrid's this past week. Um, now that Harry came to think of it, he had not seen Dumbledore since their private lessons a week ago. I think he's left his school to do something for the order, said Hermione. I mean, it's all looking serious, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Dumbledore's off Horcrux hunting is what's happening. So Harry and Ron didn't answer. Um, they were all thinking about the, uh, the day before when Hannah Abbott had been taken out of herbology to be told her mother had been found dead. They had not seen Hannah since. So, Jeez. yeah. And again, this is kind of why like, I like this book. Um, it's, <laughs> You're morbid. No, it's not why. Like, that's, it's not her death, but it's more that like the balance of because this is also, like, you know, we were talking about it before, like, it's the teen and, like, romance book, but it's also, like, we're, the war is starting, and Voldemort is out here, like, doing the most, mm-hmm. and so they're able to do, like, because just a page ago, Ron was out here feeling faulty because Harry had a glow-up, so, like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, very um, balanced in the way that she writes that, and I think that that's interesting. It's really sad about what happened to Hannah's mom, but also just the way that she's able to go back and forth between the two and i mean it's very true to life right like our world is literally crumbling right now but like hey you know um the dude gave me a free cupcake and we go together like (laughs) both of those things happen today you know what i mean like you can't you like those things still pop up shut up please yeah i think that that's very true to life like you the petty always finds a way to come in like the petty things are not the petty. They're not petty things like the day-to-day things, even if, you know, there are bigger world shifting events happening, like your day-to-day life still happens and you still are worried about, you know, if Harry's cuter than you are or if Hermione likes Harry and not you. Exactly. Which I mean, even happens in Deathly Hollows. <laughs> We're like Ron, gets jealous on some petty shit and they're like right now it's not the time right but it happens you know like it's not it it makes sense it's um i was gonna make an analogy and then i just forgot hunger games no (laughs) 
it wasn't going to be the Hunger Games, but that is a good one. I was making a like a example of. I don't have time for this love triangle bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to die. <laughs> oh, so what I was gonna say? What it's it's kind of like the whole like Twitter thing where it's like people are laughing about something and everybody's and somebody else will be like, you know, there's more important issues, and it's like we can do both. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's like we're gonna live our lives and we're gonna laugh about things and we're gonna be jealous of our friends. But we're also going to be terrified that we're going to be killed by Voldemort as well. And that our families will be as well. It's just, you can do it all. The human mind has capacity. Like onion. <laughs> yes. Layers. Did you watch Shrek or something recently? No, it just, sometimes Shrek just comes to me. I, you know, as you do. Yeah. Um, so they left the Gryffindor table um, to go to the Quidditch pitch. They passed Lavender Brown and Parvati Patil. Um, Harry was unsurprised to see that the two best friends were whispering together, looking distressed. What did surprise him was that when Ron drew level with them, Parvati suddenly nudged Lavender, who was brown, um, who looked around and gave Ron a wide smile. Ron blinked at her, then returned the smile uncertainly. His walk instantly became something more like a strut. Ron is... Harry resisted the temptation to laugh, remembering that Ron had refrained from doing so after Malfoy had broken Harry's nose. Hermione, however, looked cold and distant and did not wish Ron good luck when she left, uh, when she went to the stands. So I just, they just need to go into a room and talk because I just, like, come on. They just need to make out already. Just please. Have you ever done that with your friend? I, I don't... I don't have any chill. I don't know if you guys know me. But, like, I've had friends where, like, I remember like really specifically these two friends that were like flirting super hard. And I, and like, I was just like, can y'all just make out and get it over with so we can just like move on? <laughs> I not a part of this, but it's really like your, this tension is fucking up my summer. We have plans. So come on. And I feel um, like Harry should do his friends a solid and just say that. I mean, he probably should at this point. Like, I have never had that situation happen to me <laughs> that you're talking about. It gets annoying. You're I'm like, sure. I, I see what's happening here. Y'all know what's happening here. We got things to do. <laughs> we got to defeat a dark lord. We got, yes. <laughs> That's funny. I'm um, tired. Portia said, you know Lavender's asked her about Ron in their dorm room. Hermione's oh, right. been over it. Which I'm sure. I'm sure Hermione's like, I if I have to <laughs> sit through another interrogation about the Which finer- is something that I really wish that we could see, right? Like, I understand we see these through Harry's perspective. Harry's not in the dorms with Hermione. But I do wish that there was something like she's been talking about him for ages. And it's funny to think about because Hermione doesn't bring it up Mm-hmm. So you know that Hermione feels a kind of way about it, or else she would have been like, when he was talking about how he's tall, she'd have been like, "Well, go get with Lavender because she can't stop, she can't shut right. up about you." Which because is something Hermione she will would, bring some stuff about Cho to Harry, right? Because she would say that to Harry and Jenny. Like he's like, "So I saw you and Cho sitting over there, right. y'all good?" But Lavender, she's like, "I don't know her. I don't know her." Like. So, yeah, you can clearly see the difference, but Ron is not a Ravenclaw. Um, 
So the trials took most of the morning. Half of Gryffindor House turned up from first years who were nervously clutching a a selection of the dreadful old school brooms, seventh years who cowered over the rest. I thought first years weren't allowed to do Quidditch, or was that rule changed after Harry? Um, I I feel like it's not a rule so much as like a No, I'm pretty sure it was a rule. Cause they were saying he's oh yeah, because he's the youngest in a century and they've but been through the like, for him. Years aren't allowed to play yeah. Quidditch. Well they don't they the whole thing because they haven't like, had yeah, they don't have like their flying lesson like Hogwarts sanctioned flying lessons. Right. So yeah. I think it's just an excuse to go see the chosen one. They know they're not going to get in. It's like the it's like the Triwizard Tournament where like there's an age line. Y'all know you can't join, but you know they yeah, do it anyway. Maybe. Um, the latter included a, a large, wiry hair boy um, that Harry recognized from the Hogwarts Express. We met on the train in Old Sluggy's compartment. Cormac McLagan, keeper. Um, Harry's like, you didn't try out last year, did you? I was in the hospital wing when they held the trial, said McLagan. Although Harry would not know because he was in detention, but that's none of my business. Um, McLagan ate was, a pound. He of, didn't know, but he was he was watching. Remember from yeah, detention. Yeah, he couldn't really see. But also, yeah. it wasn't his fault that he was in detention. So let me calm down a little bit. Um, yes. <laughs> it was definitely Umbridge's fault. But um, I mean, he didn't help situations. But no. But yeah, I don't think he could have seen. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm sure Angelina would have said something. <laughs> yeah. She would have been like, well, McLagan was better, but he's a git. So mm-hmm. not doing that. So Amani says first years can't own their own brooms. They can technically be on the team, but most can barely fly. And having to use house brooms, um, it's re- it's rarely been an issue. Really? Because I swore it was the thing that they couldn't play Quidditch. And like, I could be remembering wrong. I mean, when you when your still trap goes against Amani's still trap, I have no idea, and I just wait to see who wins. <laughs> usually, they're in, usually they're agreeing with each other. They're working together. Well, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that he's wrong. I just want to check my. I'm. Pages. I'm not saying that you're saying he's wrong. I'm just saying I for damn sure don't know if you don't know. <laughs> don't come looking over here for answers. Uh, shoot. Is it the midnight duel? Yeah, because Harry hates Draco more than Dudley. What? Um, Portia says, while you're looking it up, Portia says, speaking of the age line, she's still not over McGonagall and Dumbledore not being immediately suspicious when Moody outlined how the cup could not be finagled. Or how the cup could be finagled. Yeah. Okay, so it says... Okay. So Malfoy complained about first years never getting on the house Quidditch teams, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, not allowed. Not allowed. So maybe that's why I read it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's one of those things where um, I mean, I obviously I don't know, but I I would assume it could also be a movie thing. To be honest, yeah. Well, I don't know. In the movie, it's like you're the youngest seeker in a century, and then they move yeah, on. It's weird that Hermione knew that. Um, but I think it could also just be because it is a it's a boarding school, which you know 
they have their own weird, it could be like a, a hazing, not a hate, it's not hazing, that's the wrong word, but it could just be like an unwritten rule that they yeah. just don't do. Like everyone's just decided at some point in the weird society that happens in um, boarding schools that like they don't let first years, icky first years don't get on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then first years definitely aren't allowed to have their own brooms, which I feel like would just, yeah, I don't know. doesn't really matter. Um, but I did just read the part where Harry thought that wood was a, um, a cane. Thought <laughs> it was a what? That, was gonna, that wood was a cane that oh, right. was going to beat him with. <laughs> oh, Harry. Okay. Moving on. It was never supposed to be a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't. That's now. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna bother me only because I have to like question my whole. <laughs> that was just something I like took for granted. Why don't um, you just live life like I do, which is I can't remember shit. So yeah, maybe it's not gonna happen. <laughs> can't help it. Um. Okay. So moving on. Um. McLagan said he was in the hospital wing when they held trials last year because he ate a pound of doxy eggs for a bet. Because that's something you would do. And then Harry said, Thanks for coming out. Bye. Well, he just said, If you're way over there, just go. Just thanks. That's great. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. Um, and a flicker of annoyance passed over McLagan's face, and Harry wondered whether McLagan expected pref preferential treatment because they were both old Sluggy's favorites. Um, which is probably true. Also, sorry, he pointed over at the edge of the pitch, close to where Hermione was sitting. That's just a, just bookmark that. Um, Harry decided to start with uh -huh. a basic test. <laughs> sorry. Um, Harry decided to start with a basic test, asking all applicants for the team um, to divide into groups of 10 and fly once around the pitch. This was a good decision. The first 10 were made up of first years, and it could not be plainer that, that they had hardly ever flown before because they haven't taken their flying list class yet, most likely, because it's still pretty early in the year. Um, the second group was comprised of 10 of the silliest girls Harry had ever account encountered. Um, Rebel Devane was amongst them, um, and they just kept giggling, basically, instead of actually trying. And so Harry yes. told them to leave the pitch, and they did so quite cheerfully and went to sit in the stands to heckle everyone else. This pisses me off. It's so, so unnecessary. Like, it's just like, let him do his job. But also, like, they have to be the silliest girls. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it makes me, I'm, I was just talking to someone about the fact that whenever I go to a sports bar, there's always some dude, like, coming to, like, test my fan cred. And it's because well, they I read these books and they think girls like this exist. I and girls like this probably do exist, but like it just. Well, it and the reason I did not get that from it is because we have also seen girls who actually try out for the team and are there to try out for the team. Because this know, is but like, right? You know what I mean, because like, and not to say that like this, not to say that Harry and my J.K. Rowling does not write. Obviously, we've talked at length and will continue to talk at length about the way that she writes her female characters, but like. Katie Bell and like Angelina Johnson and Alicia Spinnett and like Jenny, like these are all people who he, you know, if those girls had flown around the pitch like they were supposed to, even if he was making, even if they were making eyes at him, I don't think that he would call them silly. Whereas like their behavior in this moment is silly. 
Yeah, I just don't like the idea of, and that they would like try out for the team. Like, why couldn't they have just been sitting in the stands and not been in a side? I don't know. It bothers me, but I realize that it's not like. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. It's but just I... like, this is like, I just keep thinking about like the kids that are reading this book and that are like, oh yeah, girls only like try out for sports so they can impress the the dude or like mm -hmm. why it's the reason why I can't play pickup basketball because whenever I try to play pickup basketball they treat me like I don't know how to play basketball and it bothers me yeah and I understand that I just also and I and I, and I feel like it happens often in these books I just don't think that this is one of those moments yeah, Amani says um, he gets where I'm coming from, especially with Joe's problems, but the Gryffindor team is 70% women, so there's balance here. Um, and I understand that it's just, it's something it just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, the third group had a pile up halfway around the pitch, and most of the fourth group had come without broomsticks. The fifth group were Hufflepuffs. So, like, nobody, just let Harry live. Like, can we not? Like, this is doing so much. Like, but I also, so part of me wonders, like, did the Hufflepuffs come to, like, I mean, it doesn't seem particularly Hufflepuffish, but to, like, just mess with their tryouts in general? It's possible. You know what I mean? Not, like, I mean, I'm sure, like, meeting the famous Chosen One or, some, or seeing him out, up close and personal is a bonus, but... I, mean, I think it was just, like, a joke, because even... Because then there's yeah. a couple Ravenclaws who are also... Who go sprinting off the pitch when Harry's like, if there's anyone on the pitch now who's not from Gryffindor, get the fuck out. Then there's some Ravenclaws that, that run off, too. Right, I and think to it was just, like, a... Like, I don't... It doesn't seem like it was malicious. It seems like it's just like, let's see if we can do this thing. Which right, is dumb, and, and but I think it, it reads to me as another one of those weird boarding school prank things. Like let's just yeah. let's like let's just bog up and mess up their tryouts. Yeah. I don't know why I just thought of Hamilton when he goes, let's steal their cannons. Shaboom. But that's what I thought of. And I felt the need share. Um after two hours, many complaints and several tantrums, one involving a com a crashed Comet 260 and several broken teeth, Harry found himself three chasers, Katie Bell, Demelza Robbins, and Jenny Weasley. Hey. Um, Harry also shouted himself hoarse at the mini complainers and was now enduring a similar battle with the rejected beaters. That's my final decision. And if you don't get out of the way for the keepers, I'll hex you. He bellowed. Um, that is not good leadership. Well, I mean, it's been a long Or it's day. very good leadership. <laughs> <laughs> um, so neither of his chosen beaters had the old brilliance of Fred and George, but he was still pleased with them. Jimmy Peaks. Um, who had managed to raise a lump the size of an egg on the back of Harry's head, and somehow they didn't have to postpone the rest of tryouts to go see Madame Pomfrey. And Richie Coote, who looked weedy but aimed well. Harry had deliberately left the trial of the Keepers until last, hoping for an emptier stadium and less pressure on all concerned. Really but just mostly Ron. Ron. Mostly just Ron. Who was a delicate shade of green because the crowd was now larger than ever. Um, to Harry's great disappointment, Cormac McLaggen saved four penalties out of five. On the last one, however, he shot off in completely the wrong direction. Um, then it was Ron's turn. Lavender shouts good luck. Um, and then Ron saves 
five penalties in a row. Um, Harry turned to McWagon to tell him that most unfortunately, Ron had beaten him, only to find McWagon's red face inches from his own. His sister didn't really try. She gave him an easy save. Rubbish, said Harry. That was the one he nearly missed. Um, McLaughlin took another step nearer Harry, who stood his ground this time. Give me another go. No, you've had your go. You save four. Ron save five. Ron's keeper. He won, he won it fair and square. Get out of my way. Why are there not alternates? I think <laughs> there ends up being an alternate. He ends up being their alternate, and then it goes terribly wrong. Yes, but... But you're still right. Why is that just not a thing? No, they really, they're like, oh, it's because it's also like if it's not an alternate for like mid game. It's like if your keeper gets taken out mid game, then that's just what it is versus, hey, Ron's poisoned and he has been and we know this match is coming up and he's not going to be able to do it. So can you join us? (laughs) It's like a different. I know. To me, it feels like it's soccer. In soccer, like if you get a red card, if you get sent off, you just play a man down, which is fine. But the next game, you can have like it's 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 soccer without substitutions. Uh huh. In soccer, you get three substitutions, and then after the third substitution, if someone gets hurt or something, you just play a man down. Right. Um. Or if someone gets sent off, you always play a man down, even with your substitutions. But you should still be like on the team practicing and playing with them. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be like Ron's poisoned. You have two days to learn how we play together and mm-hmm. join. And that's probably also why it was a disaster. Not that I want to be the person sticking up for Cormac McLaggen, but it just, why are yeah. there not alternates? Yes. You got sports wrong, Joe. <laughs> you did brilliantly Ron. This time it really was Hermione running toward them from the stands. Harry saw Lavender walking off the pitch, arm in arm with Parvati. A rather grumpy expression on her face. Um, she thinks that Hermione is cock blocking when in also, reality that's Hermione's man's. Yeah. And you Ron is really in a love triangle and is salty over Harry and in his growing a foot over the summer. Um so then after Ron doesn't know he's in a love triangle. He doesn't. Though. He doesn't. So then they head over to Hagrid's. Um Ron starts talking about uh he starts giving a play-by-play of his sports, and even though he yells at Hermione for doing that with her tests, no one stops him. And then Ron says, I was better than McWagon. Did you see him lumbering off in the wrong direction on his fifth? Looked like he'd been confunded. To Harry's surprise, Hermione turned a very deep shade of pink at these words. Ooh. Uh-oh. Um, well. So they see Buckbeak um, and give, and, you know, they say hello. Um, Harry says, missing him, but you're okay here with Hagrid, aren't you? Oi! Said a loud voice. Hagrid comes around the house. Get away from him, he'll have your fingers. Oh, it's you lot. Hagrid stood it's and looked lot. at <laughs> Hagrid stood and looked at them all for a split second, which I think is funny because he knows, like, even though he's mad at him, he's like, okay, I know y'all know the proper procedures in how to deal with him. But also, like, I can't keep y'all away from Buckbeat because that's the man's too. Also, technically... Harry is Buckbeak's, Buckbeak's owner. owner as well. So Harry stood and looked at them all for a split second and then turned and strode into his cabin, slamming the door behind him. Even though he's he a grown an ass man. Hagrid, he's not an up, adult, but he's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. Hagrid, open up. We want to talk to you. If you don't open the door, we'll blast it open. Harry said, Hermione, you can't possibly. Yeah, I can, said Harry. Stand back. The door flew open and there stood Hagrid. I am a teacher. 
A teacher, Potter. How dare you threaten to break down my door? How about you act like a teacher for me? You ain't acting like no teacher. Like, not even yeah. a little bit. Not even a little bit. I'm sorry, sir, said Harry. <laughs> yeah. Since when have you called me sir? Since when have you called me Potter? Just the clapbacks. Harry dead. does not have time for you and y'all playing around. Nope. Like, none of you. Nope. He's like, I am the chosen one. I don't really know what that means yet, but I know it means that I don't got time for no nonsense. I know it means that. Oh, very clever, Robert Hagrid. Very amusing. That's me outsmarted, isn't it? All right, come in then, you ungrateful little. And he starts mumbling as he lets them pass. What's this? Feeling sorry for me? Reckon I'm lonely or summit? No, said Harry. We wanted to see you. Also, you're not lonely. You're just pouting. Mm-hmm. Over some 16-year-olds. They are children. They have their whole lives ahead of them. They got dreams and goals. And being in care of magical creatures is not a part of it. Nope. Um, we really wanted to carry on with care of magical creatures, you know, said Hermione. Um, we did, said Hermione, but none of us could fit it into our schedules. Yeah, right, said Hagrid. Um, there was a funny squelching sound, um, and they see a large barrel full of foot-long maggots, slimy, white, and writhing. Mm. What are they, Hagrid, to ask Harry, trying to sound interested rather than revolted? Just giant grubs. And they grow into, said Ron. They won't grow into anything. I got them to feed Aragog, and without warning, he burst into tears. It's Aragog. I think he's dying. He's gotten ill over the summer, and he's not getting better. I don't know what I'll do if he... We've been together so long. So, that's... Like, I want to think that that's the real reason he's been angry with the trio, but it's not. Like, he acts as if that is the real reason. And I understand, like, when you're emotional it's, about one thing, it, doesn't, not, it definitely it doesn't heightens help. it. Yeah. Right? It doesn't help. It definitely heightens your your reactions to other things and things that you perceive as slights. So I get that. But also, I just think you have to remember that they're teenagers. And even if you're really upset about your friend, let's not be mad at your at your these children, at your students, for not taking your class. And also, Aragog tried to eat them. As well. Also, and so, as well. So, the fact that they even are about to pretend to feel sad about this shows you how much they care about you. Mm -hmm. That'd be like, oh, sweet? For real? That's he wild. dying? You'd be like, damn, that's crazy. I wouldn't even, I'd be like, sweet. When's the funeral? Can I come? I'm throwing a party. I ain't wearing black. I'm wearing white. So, this was perhaps his most incomprehensible of all his monster fantasies. The gigantic talking spider Aragog who dwelled in the Forbidden Forest in which Harry and Ron had narrowly escaped four years previously. Is there anything we can do? Hermione asked, ignoring Ron's frantic grimaces and head shaking. And you know, I didn't, like, reading it out loud, I'm on Ron's side more this book, this chapter than I thought I was. <laughs> Like what? What? I'm, I'm not. Like, okay. Yes, Ron. Exactly. Oh, yeah. There's nothing I can do for you because like, that I, motherfucker I tried to eat me. I appreciate Hermione out here trying to like, you know, she's trying to be compassionate. So I appreciate that. And Ron is like, Ron, I get it. Like, but don't like, give empty platitudes that he might say. Yes, there is something you can do. Especially given Choose Ron already is like arachnophobic, and then on top of it, this giant spider tried to eat him and set his entire family on him. So he's like, really? No. <laughs> like, I will be have over here. 
If, if he says yes, I'm gone. Got a blast. Can't. <laughs> I cannot help you. <laughs> uh, I don't think there is Hermione choked Hagrid. The rest of the tribe, Aragog's family, they're getting a bit funny now. He's ill, a bit restive. Yeah, I think we saw that bit of that side of them, said Ron. <laughs> in an undertone. <laughs> he is fed up. Um, they I tried reckon- to eat them, though. Yeah, that's what I'm like. And that's why I can't even be mad at Ron not being upset. Like, he's really just like, I just can't. I, like, I can't Hermione even was not, Like, Harry's I, not saying anything. So Harry's just like, I'm going to just not say words. And Hermione's like, I wasn't there. I was already petrified. So I can at least try to, you know. And Harry's like, I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. And Ron is like, sir, we will not. So I want to go back into the chat because we missed a little bit of important commentary. <laughs> um, which is that... Uh, Amani says, Hagrid, you are two years younger than Voldemort if you don't get some adult friends and set boundaries. And Portia says, do you ever stop to think how useful Hagrid could be to the movement if he inspired leadership in all the beasts he supports? Malfoy Manor would have been Dracarist. She used it as a verb. It's something you do. (laughs) Where was Charlie coming through on Norberta? Okay, Um, let's talk about this, actually. (laughs) Let's let's wait (laughs) and bring it back up during the Battle of Hogwarts. I was slighted. Um, but yes, I, I think it's important to think about like, just in terms of where we're at in this chapter about the fact that like Hagrid could be doing so much like productive and useful work, but he can't because he can't focus long enough to get anything done. And it's just, you you are grandparents' age. You're hell about maybe younger than my grandparents when I was Harry's age. You definitely are younger than my grandparents were when I was Harry's age. Yep. So or older than my grandparents were when I was Harry's age. Sorry. Yeah. What that? Yeah. I don't reckon it'd be safe for anyone but me to go near the colony at the moment. Oh, uh, look at that. He thinks about someone else's safety. Apparently. But thanks this for offering, Hermione. Yeah. Thanks for offering, Hermione. It means a lot. After that, the atmosphere lightened considerably. Hagrid seemed to take for granted that they would have liked to have uh, helped with Aragog and became his usual self once more. I always knew you'd have you'd find it hard to squeeze me into your timetables, even if you had applied for time turners. Who would do that? Like after the and you group. can still you can still apply for time turners. No, um, they smashed the entire stock right. when they were there last summer. It was in the Daily Prophet. The disrespect of Remus and the disrespect of the time room. I will not stand for it. I'm still upset. The disrespect of the time room, in terms of how it was treated in the book, or the disrespect of the time room in terms of how it was treated in the movie. Both and. Okay. I can do it all at once. (laughs) I can can be salty (laughs) about anything I choose to be salty about. At the same time. I did wonder whether Professor Grubbly Plank had been teaching you. Yeah, you're correct in that that wondering, but it's fine. We won't have to talk about it. And then I'm starving, said Harry, once the door had closed behind them. And I've got that attention with Snape tonight. I haven't got much time for dinner. 
Um, they, when they come into the castle, they see Cormac McLagan enter the Great Hall. It took him two attempts to get through the doors. He ricocheted off the frame at the first attempt. Ron merely guffawed gloatingly and strode off into the hall, but Harry caught Hermione's arm and held her back. What? She said. If you ask me, McLagan looks like he was confunded this morning, and he was standing right in front of where you were sitting. Oh, all right, I did it, she whispered. But you should have heard the way he was talking about Ron and Jenny. Anyway, he's got a nasty temper. You saw how he reacted when he didn't get in. You wouldn't have wanted someone like that on the team. So that this is Hermione's Gryffindor coming out. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. Well, I mean, fuck Cormac for one. But also I think it's great because I feel like we often see her in her like logical element and in her like Ravenclaw element. And there are moments like this when we're like, I mean, I okay, feel like yeah. that's comparatively. <laughs> What do you mean? I mean, I feel like it's true that she's very logical and stuff, but also you're always seeing her up against Ron and Harry. Okay, yes. But no, but it's still very clear that, like, she is a rape, like, she's a secondary Ravenclaw. Yeah. I feel like we get that the most of her. Like, she's raising her hand in all the classes. She's like, she knows all the things. She has answers to every question. Um, whereas, like, this time she's like, nah, you're talking about my friends? Let's not. Confund yes. So it's just like, you know, well-rounded, three-dimensional. <laughs> no, I suppose that's true. But it wasn't that dishonest, Hermione. I mean, you're a prefect, aren't you? Oh, be quiet, she snapped as he smirked. What are you two doing, demanded Ron, reappearing in the doorway and looking suspicious. Because there goes his insecurities again. Go find Lavender Brown, who was brown. We're making out and talking about how we hate you so much that we decided to hang out with you nonstop for the past six years. Yep. Um, They had barely taken three steps toward the Gryffindor table when Professor Slughorn appeared in front of them, blocking their path. Harry, Harry, just the man I was hoping to see. I was hoping to catch you before dinner. What do you say to a spot of supper tonight in my rooms instead? We're having a little party, just a few rising stars. I've got McLagan coming and Zabini and charming Melinda Bobbin. I don't know whether you know her. Her family owns a large chain of apothecaries. And of course, I've hoped very much that Miss Granger will favor me by coming too. It was as though Ron was not present. So Which it's is, not going to be good. And it's also a problem. Yes. I mean, it's a problem in multiple ways. Like, it's a problem in how Slughorn behaves as a teacher. But then it's also going to cause, like, problems for people's, like, social lives, mm-hmm. which are very important now more than ever with Voldemort mm-hmm. back. So it's, exactly. like, the time that actually the staff should step in and say, like, you cannot pit students against each other or single students out even more than houses already do like right more than now more than ever it's just like a bad idea yeah it's always been a bad idea but now it's like it's a it's It's an extremely bad idea exactly i can't come professor said harry i've got detention with professor snape oh dear 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 i was counting on you harry well now i'll just have a word with severus to explain the situation i'm sure i'll be able to persuade him to postpone your detention which is not going to happen and even Harry knows, um, saying that this attention's already been postponed once. Snape did it for Dumbledore, but he won't do it for anyone else. Oh, I wish you'd come. I don't want to go on my own, said Hermione anxiously. Um, I doubt you'll be alone. Jenny will probably be invited, snapped Ron. After dinner, they went back to Gryffindor Tower. Um, Hermione starts to read the Evening Prophet. Harry asks if there's anything new. Hermione says, not really. Oh, look, your dad's in here, Ron. He's all right, she added quickly after Ron had looked around in alarm. It just says he's been to visit Malfoy's house um, on a confidential tip, which was Harry's um, and both Hermione and 
Ron are not, they're just, <laughs> they don't care. Uh, but also, Hermione says there's no way that Draco could have brought anything from Borgen and Burks to Hogwarts because they were all searched when they arrived. Were you, said Harry? I wasn't. Oh, no, of course you weren't. I forgot you were late, which seems like bad security. And I know it's because he's probably just because he's Harry Potter. Right. But, but also, like, when you come, like, when you arrive at Hogwarts shouldn't determine when you whether or not you get checked. Also, it seems like the perfect person that you would, you know, it's like um, at the airport when they ask if you've, like, if you've, had your bags been out of sight or whatever. I forget mm -hmm. how they word it. But if I'm going to be slipping something into someone's bag, I'm going to choose Harry Potter. And he obviously was away from his bag. Although he didn't yell, I was going to say. But still, he could have had something on him. Right. But, like, yeah. And then, like, if I'm Draco and I am doing something, like, I would totally put it on, like, frame Harry. Mm -hmm. One, because if he does get... Like, if he doesn't get searched, then you get your whatever in. And two, like, if he gets caught, then that's bully for you. Win-win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crab had a shrunken head confiscated. Momentarily stymied, Harry watched Ginny Weasley playing with Arnold the Pikmi Puff for a while before seeing a way around the, the, the objection. So, that's more hints! And I use that term very loosely. That Harry likes Jenny. Um, all the owls are being checked too. Um, and then Harry looks at Ron, who was staring over at Lavender Brown and asks if, if he could think of anything, any way that Malfoy could. Oh, drop it, Harry, said Ron. Listen, it's not my fault. Slughorn invited Hermione and me to that stupid party. Neither of us wanted to go, you know. Well, as long as I'm not invited to any party, said Ron, I think I'll go to bed. So they're both being dumb, basically. But also, like, I am tired of Harry playing, like, I mean, I know he's been doing it, so he set the precedent, so you got to keep doing it. But, like, since they first met and Harry was on the train being, like... Yeah, but I also don't think in this moment that that's Ron's issue. Like, Harry's the one who brought it up. Ron is looking at Lavender Brown and also does not care about Malfoy. He been told Harry to drop that shit. Both him and Hermione have been telling him to drop it, and then Harry brings up the Slughorn thing, That's which true. it's not that it's not that Ron. Maybe Reflection. Ron was thinking about it, but we don't know, right? Yeah, like Harry brings it up, so then Ron's like, "Okay, well then, fine, I'm leaving." If you just go all of a sudden bring up my shit, then right. no one's talking about it. Why you gotta call me out? Why you gotta call right. me on my shit? I ain't calling you on your shit. Right? Like we weren't even talking about that. I wasn't gonna bring it up. We're fine, and you're hidden below the belt now. So. Good night. Peace. Peace. See you tomorrow. Have fun at Dungeon with Snape. So then Demelza Robbins comes to Harry saying she has a message from Professor Demelza Snape. Demelza is black. Demelza is definitely black. Demelza? Demelza. Ain't no white lady co mama coming up with that name. <laughs> she has a message for him from Professor Snape saying that he, Harry is to come to Snape's office at half past eight tonight to do your detention no matter how many party invitations Harry has received. And he wanted Harry to know that he'll be starting out rotten fodder worms from good ones to use in potions and that there's no need to bring protective gloves because Snape is a problem. Even what when an asshole. He... But he, you know, that just tells you how much that comment burned him. Yeah. This is still from no need to call me Star Professor. So sometimes 
you know, he really hurt he really hurt Snape's feelings, and so that's why. He is um, the master of the school, and Harry forgot to put some respect on his name, so. Yeah. I can see that, you know, stinging for a little bit longer than you would normally think it would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the end of the chapter. Yeah. Who is your MVP? I give it... Uh, I, I just feel like I'm just setting myself up for um, bullying. But I got to give it to Hermione for... Uh, How is that setting you up for bullying? Because let me explain why. Because of um, taking the initiative to um, confundus Cormac. Because I feel like she did it... Yeah, like Cormac pissed her off and was like talking a lot of mess. And she though she did it to stand up for her friends, but I also feel like she did it for herself because she's like, I cannot spend a whole season of Quidditch with Ron sulking because he didn't get on the team. And I also could not make Harry make that choice to cut him, even if it was the right thing to do. So I make this easier on both of them and spare my goddamn nerves because we had that try with her fight. I'm not doing it again. I ain't nobody's owl. This can only go one way. So let me just make sure that it goes this way. Okay. I don't see why you would get bullied about it. They feel like it's like super Gryffindor. No. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Um, I also made her my MVP for um, basically all what you were saying. I think that like, while I did see where Ron was coming from, like, half the time, he was also tripping the other half. Um, and I think that Hermione, you know, is, you know, standing up for her friends. She's being compassionate to Hagrid, even though he doesn't deserve it. Um, and is also very matter-of-fact about Harry's new um, position. Mm -hmm. And is like, let's not play any games, not cut around corners. It is what it is. She said what she said. So, yeah, I think that that is high. Yeah. Um, so Delia makes Hermione her MVP for quick thinking and being ride or die, moral set aside and all. And um, Amani makes Hermione the MVP for being a boss who deserves so much better, but is also ride or die for her friends. Uh, Ariana says Hermione for being ride or die, even though she doesn't believe in Quidditch. <laughs> and Portia MVPs Harry for putting on his captain voice in tryouts and with Hagrid. That's valid. He did put on his big boy pants. He did. He did do that. Um, who did you bench? I have to bench Slughorn because I just really find the pitting of, like, like I said, it, I, it's more dangerous now than ever to, like, have students being um, separated by any kind of, like, whether it's I mean, it's, I know it's not blood status, but it is like influence or talent or whatever mm -hmm. kind of arbitrary thing. Um, and because you don't, you want to, we, you want the students to be unified and you don't want to like have petty jealousies or people feeling slighted in any way because the, the, I, it's never okay. But the current climate of Voldemort being back is like, it's just very easy to 
see some of these kids become extremists. Like Stan Shunpike. Um, like Stan Shunpike. <laughs> um, Had yeah. only he been allowed in the slug club, maybe he wouldn't feel the need to boast and brag about what Death Eaters are doing. <laughs> um, I've been chagrined because I think that he needs to, as always, learn how to not Be rely on children for his own issues. And he is an adult, and he often forgets that until Harry threatens to break down his door, and he's like, I'm a professor, how dare? Like, boy, if you don't act like that first, maybe they wouldn't forget. These are also, all valid things. Nobody wants to look after your spider, Hagrid. Nobody. giant? None of them. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-mm. You better find somebody else. Or the goddamn blast ended scrutes. Ain't gonna be me! <laughs> it ain't gonna be me. Nope. Delia benches Cormac cause ill, which you know. I just also want to shout out the actor that plays Cormac in this movie, he's who cute. who who has a huge glow up because he's in. Um, no, he was fine in Harry Potter. Like, let's not act like. Oh, true. He was fine in Harry Potter, but he is also like he's in Pitch Perfect and he shows his abs. I don't know what his abs look like in Harry uh, Potter. He played uh, Sam Tarly's brother in uh, Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. then he got recast because I think he had his own show. I don't know what happened to that show, but he had his own show. Look at him getting getting gigs. He did, uh, he did a Dean Thomas. I appreciate it. Um, I get your gigs, man. Um, so Amani benches Ron, and it just says, boy. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know. Boy. Uh, <laughs> Ariana benches Slughorn for being elitist and divisive, and Portia benches Hagrid and Slughorn because they both need lives. It is so true. It really They're is. Need lives and get out of teenagers' lives. Basically. Teach Basically. them. And Teach leave them, them alone. Leave them alone. Let them learn for themselves with the information that you give them. I believe um, the children oh. are future. Sorry. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will be discussing chapter 12 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Silver and Opals. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag wizard team. Um, yeah. Thank you. Next time on Wizard Team. Thank you.